Hello and welcome to Cosmetics. I'm Ella James. And I'm Caitlin Gregg. And we're bringing to you conversations about cosmetic enhancements. So today we have Dr. Louis Wessels from One Cosmetic, who is a master in plastic, cosmetic and reconstructive surgery. Welcome. A very busy man. <laughs> we try and be busy. Thank you for this opportunity. No problem. So Dr. Wessels, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your expertise? Yeah. So... I did my medical degree, my basic medical degree in South Africa. Then I specialised in plastic and reconstructive surgery in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the beautiful Sydney where I re-specialised in plastic and reconstructive surgery. So that's my background. How many years study is that all up? Um, close to 20. Wow. Yeah. And what's the difference between reconstructive and cosmetic surgery? So um, reconstructive surgery has started by reconstructing. Um, uh, we reconstruct defects, so the specialities like plastic and reconstructive surgery where we mould tissue to reconstruct certain defects to regain form and function. And out of those principles that we acquired for reconstructive surgery, we developed cosmetic surgery. So the basis of cosmetic surgery is always to try and keep form and function um, and to entail and to enhance. What classifies as a defect? A defect, you know, the defects are usually defects that people have acquired from trauma, accidents, or from cancer. So oh, that's okay. the, the basis of reconstructive surgery. Do like possibly a patient has been involved in a motor vehicle accident, they lost their tip of their nose. So we then use some forehead skin or forehead tissue to reconstruct the tip of their nose. Those principles are to reconstruct a nose that looks aesthetically pleasing. So the two concepts, cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, are in, intertwined. So we use the principles um, in both. Oh, well, thank you for clearing that up for us. Um, and we thought that today we would focus on breast augmentation, yep. despite the wide range of surgeries that you do cover. And for our listeners, uh, this means we'll be talking about breast implants, yep. breast lifts, and for something EJ probably will never need, breast reduction. <laughs> so can I jump right yeah. in with a basic question? Are people still, are breast implants still really popular? I feel like five years ago I used to see them around all the time and they're either getting way more natural or just they definitely phased out. They're definitely still popular. It's the second most common cosmetic procedure performed after liposuction. But there's, like you said, the, the, the look is a little bit more natural, so we're calling it mini-boob jobs in that, where we try and put an implant in that's limited in size and that has a profile that's a little bit more teardrop or a little bit more natural. To to make the person wonder, did she have it or didn't she have it? Yeah, I definitely haven't yeah. seen them around as much. <laughs> no, they're slowly becoming more natural. Yeah. And what's the why behind a lot of your patients? Is it more a confidence booster or self-conscious? Um, you know, we, it's a personal choice and the reasons are multiple. Sometimes the women want a little bit more proportion to their body, a little bit more increase upper part of their body. Some women, um, you know, some women have asymmetrical breasts. Mm. Um, some women have congenital abnormalities where the breasts are very small or tuberous breasts. So the reasons are multiple. Um, asymmetrical breasts are quite n quite normal, aren't they? Is, or am I the weird you know, one? <laughs> you, you want a weird one? About 99% of women all have 
a slight variant of asymmetry. Some people have severe, some people have minimal. And what do you do then? Like two different size (laughs) implants? Definitely two different size implants, sometimes different size profiles. Sometimes we have to do a little bit of reduction on the one side or a lift. Um, So it's very common having asymmetrical breasts. So don't get worried. If you want those patients, there is a solution. And so do you sell the breasts as a pair or is it just individual (laughs) (laughs) per implant? No, sell it for what you require so we individual tailor package for a patient to try and meet the expectations well it's actually funny when I was um, younger my mum was involved in a breast implant company and we used to have some of the samples kept in one of the spare rooms and I used to be like to the girls at school come over we'll do a sleepover in this room and I promise you'll wake up with big tits (laughs) (laughs) work on everyone but you Um, it's sometimes better just to put them in your bra than have the surgery. Yeah, oh, oh, we definitely give you the miracle bras. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were thinking of starting with, what's the most common breast augmentation that you treat? Um, what's the most common breast augmentation? So lift or implant or reduction? So um, the most common breast surgery we do currently is breast augmentations. Um, and... We use two types of implants, a round implant or a teardrop implant, and the <laughs> it's, a, it's about 50-50. So a round implant gives us a little bit more of upper pole fullness, a little bit more of unnatural, where a teardrop implant gives us a little bit more of a more natural appearance. Would that be this little purple one? Sorry, for our listeners, yeah. we've got implants in our hands. so And they're very squishy. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of asking to keep a few as a stress ball for you the can. office. Quite therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> or they're very good for paperweights as well. Paperweights? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get yeah. mum one. Can I expense this on stationery? <laughs> yeah. So you can see this one is a, is a teardrop. The, all the volumes oh. at the bottom, where these implants are round implants, they spherical, they've got the same volume distribution and more. So they'll give you more of upper pole, a little bit more of that Hollywood fake brace, where these ones will give you a little bit more of a natural. Natural. Appear. Yeah. There you go. And when someone's coming in, yeah. do they know that which look they're going for? Do they say, you know, perkier or natural? Um, you know, we get all um, requests. Most women bring photos. And yeah. shows what they want. But also, we need to take into consideration what type of breast they have. You know, some people already have very round breasts. Some people already have very droopy breasts. So taking consideration what they want and what type of breast, we determine which is the most suitable uh, implant. Do you ever do like a combination? So say they might need like a little bit of a lift or we, as well as some volume? We, we definitely. <laughs> you know, some women have had weight loss. Some women have born with very droopy breasts. Um, some women have breastfed, they've lost a lot of breast volume, so we combine it with doing a lift and uh, augmentation and that. But using a silicon implant, we know it's a medical device, got limited fat, um, limited life expectancy. So sometimes we combine a lift with a little bit of fat grafting to try and keep it as natural as possible. So you do like a body assessment of the person to yeah. work out what's going to work best? We do the body assessment, we see what their goals are, know what their preferences are and then we determine what's best and taking consideration the health you know cosmetic surgery is to improve the patient's quality not to um, expose them to unnecessary risk so we take that in consideration yeah do they have to be of like a certain health before we recommend all our patients have are close to the ideal weight um, that they're healthy we also recommend all our patients just to stop smoking um, before we perform surgery in that and we make sure that all our expectations, um, expectations are realistic. 
And for somebody who is thinking about um, having surgery, what should they look for in a surgeon? Oh, that's a very important question. Um, before you go to a surgeon for cosmetic procedure, you need to make sure that your, your surgeon or a member of the Australian Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, that he's fully qualified, that he's um, registered with the Royal College of Surgeons. You need to ask him how many times has he performed the procedure, um, what complications is, and you need to see him at least twice. And sometimes it's good to get a second opinion before you decide to have surgical procedure. Okay, so we'll go through a few questions just yeah. about like the actual procedure and yeah. sort of what happens and stuff. Um, so how long does a breast, yeah. or I guess is a breast implant, say, take? So breast augmentation depends. You know, a, a simple um, breast augmentation can take us 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Sometimes we combine it with a little bit of fat grafting or liposuction surgeries, then it can take us 90 minutes. Um, where a breast lift can take us up to two to three hours. Wow. Where a breast reduction is where we take volume and usually we lift the nipple. Um, where the patient have like that anchor scar, a lollipop scar, that operation usually takes us about three hours. Sometimes the patient has to sleep overnight. Sometimes they have small little drains in for 24 hours. Um, so it all depends on what type of breast procedure we perform. Yeah, and just uh, asking for yeah. a friend, but yeah. would you have to take your nipple piercing out? <laughs> you have to, definitely, because <laughs> if you have a breast augmentation, the implant will put, push from the back, and the last thing we want is that implant to damage um, the nipple. The nipple function. Yeah. You know, breastfeeding is very important. And how much does a boob job, or sorry, breast implant yeah. boob job, <laughs> how much does that cost? How much does it cost? So... Like what's the um, range? The range, is, range. the range is anything from about, um, you know, close to 7,000 to 14,000. Wow. It all depends uh, which surgeon you go to, what type of implants they use. So it's always best to go to, you know, a plastic and reconstructive surgeon that can um, perform the surgery. And what is the downtime? Like how long would I be out of action from the gym or? That's, that's <laughs> important. So your, your initial downtime, if you have quite a mundane job will be about seven to ten days oh really yeah um are you flat on your back or no not on your back you, you can well, you want yeah. them to be up and like we we don't want you to uh, lie on them so you have to lie on your back yeah, but you can back. walk around and that but so the first five no skipping days, or anything though <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you don't want to go no, losing one <laughs> no skipping no contact sports no running and that but after 46 weeks you can do most of your activities and that too so it's, it's quite a short downtime. And will there be any visible scarring? That's an important question. So there's usually the, everyone's got different techniques. So you can place the implant underneath the armpit or underneath through the nipple or a small incision in the breast fold. The most common incision is in the breast fold. So there's usually about a four and a half to five centimeter incision. It's usually placed very discreetly in the breast fold. So it's usually not visible in there. And if you don't like um, for an implant, yeah. if you don't like it, is there, are you able to get it taken out? You can, but you need to take in consideration if the implant's been in for quite a while. Would it skin, go back to sagging? or The skin can go back to sagging, and all those reasons you had initially to get the implant can come back, and unfortunately a little bit worse. So you, the thing of before you embark on having uh, breast augmentation, you need to think carefully. Yeah, I've heard it's actually more expensive to have them taken out than put in. Put in. Um, it, <laughs> It can be, it can also be more invasive, can it be a little bit more painful, and the scar is usually a little bit bigger. So 
the crux of the story is think carefully before you have them resorbentation. Is there any way to see like what it would look like on your body before you have them done? Yes, these days there's 3D visualising systems where we can show you the different sizes, different profiles, but we also do to try and determine ideal size. We use a bra and we put some of these sizes... Stuff it with socks, <laughs> that's what I used to do. Exactly, we, we, we put a, some of these sizes in a bra, ask you to put your top on and see how it pushes it. So it gives, you, shirt, yeah. Yeah, it gives you a tactile feeling to see how heavy it is, how it feels, and mm-hmm. then you get a visual, actually a, a visual image well, we might have, have to have a play around with these then. Yeah. <laughs> we can leave them here for you. <laughs> uh, and what's the oldest patient that you've ever done? The oldest patient, I say, is, she was 76 years old. She initially came in, I thought um, she had breast implants that's been in for 30 years. I thought she's 30 years? 30 years. I thought she's going to ask me to remove them. She said, you know, they've got oh, bigger life. ones. I, I want new implants. So we... Um, we insert a new implants. You need to take in consideration a woman born in Australia's life expectancy is 100 years. So mm. she is still at 20, 20 years left. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to move on to our next segment, yeah. which is Bust the Myth. Bust the Myth. Yeah, so we've heard a few myths yeah. about um, breast implants and we thought that we, yeah, we'll, we'll get an expert to tell yeah. us whether they're true or not. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll kick it off with the first one. Can yeah. can a breast implant pop at altitude? No, they can't. Myth. No, no, it's a myth. I've heard that on planes yeah. there's been a scenario where someone's breasts have just popped. No. It's Emergency story. surgery. No. You know what usually happens? We have a lot of interstate patients that fly in and fly back. Some of those patients possibly must have had an infection or a bleed or a hematoma, and that's why it's opened. Oh, the okay. cabins are pressurized and that they can't. Be, these implants are quite robust. So you know, a car can drive over them without them rupturing. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and do all implants need to be replaced after 10 years? No. It's not a, a, a car part that you have to go in when the clock eats 10 to 15 years. But they've got a limited life expectancy, so you need to take in consideration after 10 to 15 years they can rupture, and if they rupture, they need to be replaced. And that's why at One Cosmetic we tell all our patients that have had breast augmentation they need to come for yearly screens to make sure that they're intact. You need to take in, need to remember that it's a medical device, a medical device got risk factors, and so we need to look after them. The next myth was implants are dangerous during yeah. breastfeeding. No, they're not dangerous during breastfeeding. Do they impact it at all? They don't. There you go. The so baby we, just loves to have yeah. a good play. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it yeah. loves squeezing yeah. them like this. The big thing is the breast just can become really big with the implant and the Oh, my gosh. Oh, so get an extra cup size. <laughs> extra few cup sizes. Oh, wow. And now I have Cardi B famously yeah. said she got breast yeah. implants to help her float because she can't <laughs> swim. Is this true? That is definitely Oh, so you can duck dive with them, no problems. You can duck dive. They're not full of air, so they're not... Yeah, if anything, they weigh you down. (laughs) So it definitely won't improve my swimming. (laughs) And we've also have some questions from our listeners. So would you suggest getting implants before or after childbirth? Um, You know, every case is individual and unique. Um, The crux of it... Breastfeeding, pregnancy can definitely influence your your cosmetic outcomes. So, if you really um, have small breasts or would like to have them before pregnancy, 
there's no problem. But if you're not sure, it's best to wait after you've fallen pregnant and breastfed. Great. And for the girls with yeah. bigger boobs, yeah. what are thoughts on having a lift versus implants to re-perk? Re-perk. That, that request we get often every day. So need to take in consideration if you've got adequate amount of tissue it's always best to use your own tissue so what we can do is we can do a lift and use a little bit of fat to give that upper pole fullness mm -hmm. that's natural it's permanent the problem is with fat grafting only 50 percent of the fat survives mm -hmm. the issue is using a breast implant to get that upper pole um, fullness is sometimes we have to really put in large breast um, implants then the breast become really big and it brings that additional risk of using a medical device with limited life expectancy. So it's always first price if we can use your own tissue to get a, do a breast lift and poke them up. And how do you feel about the recent media coverage on health concerns of breast implants? Um, I think it's very, uh, very appropriate. You know, we're using a, a, a medical device. You know, cosmetic surgery is supposed to improve your quality of life. It's, it's always best to inform our patients of all the risk. And it's, it's very applicable, you know, like I said, it's a medical device, the medical device got risk factors of developing breast implant illness, that's come to the forefront now. And then but that's with specific companies, right? Or no, that can happen even with saline implants or silicone implants, it's women that develop these um, symptoms that are just not compatible with a silicone implant, so they complain of, you know, of joint pains. Uh, we think it's possible the immune system gets activated due to silicon. Mm. Um, then there's a other health scare that's come to the forefront this past few years. It's textured implants that can cause very rare autoimmune cancer. We call it ALCL. And there's 200 women in Australia that's developed that condition. The TGA, that's the regulatory body that regulates all medical devices used in humans, have taken eight implants off the market. So... The important message is firstly to be well informed, to go to a plastic surgeon and to have yearly follow-ups if you have had a breast augmentation. Yeah. Okay, and what is the weirdest story or scenario um, that you've encountered? Weirdest scenario. Look, uh, Sorry to put you on the request. Yeah, all requests. All requests. It's most probably most of the women ask, um, when can my partner or husband um, touch Fondle them? them. <laughs> Fondle them? Or when can we be intimate after it? You know? <laughs> um, Important question, though. Really, yeah. so, you, know, you wonder what's the purpose of it. You know? <laughs> um, Great. Well, thank you for joining us yeah. today, Dr. Louis. Thank you. And where can our listeners find you on social media? They can find us at One Cosmetic. We've got an Instagram site and a website. And... Um, um, and it'd be nice to connect with them. Yeah, well, we might see you soon yeah. and follow up on these implants. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. See you next yeah. episode of Cosmet Shoes. Please be advised that we are not medical practitioners and that some guests may have differing perspectives from ourselves and what our brand stands for. You should always consult your medical practitioner with regards to cosmetic products and procedures and whether they are suitable for you individually, as we will not be held liable for any misinformation.